Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on November 14th, 2022 from A.T. Shire's home in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at 2021 crime statistics for South Carolina, including a murder rate that is the highest since 1991. We follow up on the abortion issue in the Statehouse and how it played out in the elections and where things will go next year in Columbia. In business, we have new inflation numbers for you and hear from Richmond Federal Reserve President and CEO Tom Barkin about how the regional and national economy is faring amid worries of a pending recession. In medical, we hear encouraging news from Moderna about their booster shot fighting the Omicron subvariant. And the Earth is now home to 8 billion people, according to the United Nations. How many do you know? Since you are one of 8 billion people, the least you could do is give us a shout at 803-563-7169. More or less, you're probably part of the 5.1 million that live in South Carolina. So, (laughs) we all know you listen. Give us a shout. Tell us your name, where you're calling from, what's going on in your world. Thanksgiving is closely approaching. We're in the thick of this flu season. Talk about favorite dishes for Thanksgiving. What's on your Christmas shopping list? Have you already ordered Christmas goodies yet? Are you waiting for the last minute even though the supply chain's still a little crazy? Let us know how you're approaching the holiday season. We're here to help. It's like the Butterball Turkey Hotline. 803-563-7169. We will answer your questions as best we can. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is low according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. We'll have more COVID data for you on Saturday, as well as an update on the state's flu situation. But we know that health officials have been urging folks to get the flu vaccine and take precautions to limit exposure and spread of the flu since we are experiencing an aggressive season right now. Wash your hands, cover your cough and sneeze, wash your hands, stay home if you're sick, wash your hands, okay? Put the, put the phone down, stop the podcast, go over to the sink, wash your hands. If you're driving, hand sanitizer or pull over the nearest gas station. Okay, now that you have some clean hands, let's talk politics. On November 10th, two days after the election, the State Law Enforcement Division released its annual Crime in South Carolina report, which found that the state's murder rate is the highest it's been since 1991, increasing by nearly 1% from 2020 to 2021. There were 566 murders in South Carolina in 2021, up by five from 2020, per the statistics collected by the agency. SLED Chief Mark Heal said in a statement, quote, I'm extremely concerned by the increasing number of murders in our state. However, I am optimistic to see the overall violent crime rate decrease by 5.1% in 2021 after historic highs in 2020. We have seen murders increase 52.2% over the past 10 years. Although there was a decrease in the rate of sexual battery, the increase in the number of occurrences is troubling. The final murder, weapon law violation, and sexual battery numbers for this report should concern every citizen in our state. Quote, again, that was Sled Chief Mark Heal. Weapon law violations were also up by 4.2% in 2021 and 81% the past 10 years. This according to the completed crime in South Carolina 2021 data. Chief Kill continued saying, quote, Gangs, drugs, and criminals' easy access to guns continue to play a significant role in the violence we have seen in South Carolina. We must all work together to combat crime in our communities, and that means working with our elected officials, 
criminal justice system partners, and community leaders. We must have positive community partnerships, interaction, support, and investment to truly make an impact on crime. Again, that was Sled Chief Mark Keogh, and you can read through the entire Crime in South Carolina 2021 report by visiting sled.sc.gov and clicking the public records tab. Moving on, let's look at some different data, data and how certain issues played out in the 2022 midterms, including abortion. Data compiled by lobbyist Bruce Melman of Melman Casaganetti found abortion was the number two issue of the midterms behind inflation. Democrats focused on abortion in 44% of their ads in the last two weeks of the election, compared to just 2% of Republicans. 77% of Democratic voters said the Dobbs decision played a role in motivating them to vote, whereas only 19% of Republicans said so. 60% of Americans say abortion should be legal in all or most cases. Overall, for the midterm elections, 47% of eligible voters turned out nationwide. That's impressive for a midterm year and the second highest in recent memory, especially compared to 50% in 2018. That was the highest midterm turnout recorded based on the U.S. election project. But by now, you're aware of the failed attempt by South Carolina House Republicans to pass a more restrictive abortion ban bill in the state, despite the lack of votes to do so in the state Senate. Our November 12th episode recounted how the bill died last week, but I also wanted to bring you some comments from House leadership since we had such a Senate-heavy episode. House Speaker Merle Smith countered claims by Senate Majority Leader Shane Massey by calling the Senate's approach to the bill amateurish, which is how Massey described the House's strategy. See, U.S. Supreme Court case, I know you are versus, but what am I? Smith said the Senate's bill, which is a slightly stronger version of the six-week ban on the books, was just a smokescreen. But what's the future of abortion legislation at the Statehouse? Here's Speaker Smith. I mean, obviously, the House, I don't think we'd have any issues bringing the similar bill that we had forth and passed by our body at this point. But, you know, again, I also recognize the fact that the same senators who just voted will still be in the Senate. So, you know, I see the ball in the Senate's court. I mean, if the Senate, if we're going to do any, if any abortion bill is going to have to, is going to become law, it's going to have to get the support of the Senate. And so the ball's in the Senate court. Uh, you know, it's politics and, and, you know, people, you know, as they say in Sumter, you know, a, a hit dog yells. And, and so, you know, I sort of think I didn't, I expected that from Senate, but politics is politics. And, you know, we, we fight one issue one day and then we move on to the next issue. And so, you know, nothing's personal with me in politics. It's about the issues, but, you know, again, hit dog hollers. The House will stand by its bill, and Smith believes citizens will support their version of the bill, even though polling by several senators show that's not the case. In fact, it was a contributing factor as to why Columbia Republican Representative Kirkman Finley lost his race to Democrat Heather Bauer in the only pickup by Democrats, as the chamber became more Republican with a supermajority of 88. Well, sure. I mean, everybody's got a different district and they got different priorities in those districts. But, you know, one out of 80, I think we're going to have 86 or 87 members now as a result of this. So, you know, 86 other members did not have the same difficulty with this. So, you know, again, I, I, you know, I think every every district is unique and you got to run to what the citizens that you represent want. But at, at the end of the day, you know, the majority of the House of Representatives believes in protecting life, and I think we've stood up for that. House members return to Columbia on December 6th for their organization session. Members will pick new seats in the chamber, have new committee assignments, will soon have several new committee chairmen for key committees like Ways and Means and Education. 
So a lot of jockeying going on right now behind the scenes as we gear up for the first year of the 125th South Carolina General Assembly, which convenes on January 10th. Mark your calendars. And on the way out, the race for 2024 will be the undercurrent at the Republican Jewish Coalition's annual meeting in Las Vegas this week, where several potential 2024 candidates will be, except former President Donald Trump. According to Axios, the who's who includes Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former Vice President Mike Pence, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, Senator Tim Scott, and Maryland Governor Larry Hogan. Financial markets had their biggest rally in years last week, thanks to better-than-expected inflation data. data. But on Monday, the Federal Reserve was saying not so fast on that soft consumer price index data that showed inflation increased 7.7% for the 12 months ending in October, which is the smallest 12-month increase since the period ending in January 2022. Core CPI, which excludes the volatile energy and food prices, rose 6.3% versus an expected 6.5%. The Wall Street Journal reported Monday that Fed Governor Christopher Waller said markets should brace for more rate increases, saying, quote, The market seems to have gone way out in front of this. Everybody should just take a deep breath, calm down. We have a ways to go yet, quote. Next up, it's been a minute since I brought you some comments from Tom Barkin, president and CEO of the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond, who was actually in Chester County on Monday, but due to scheduling issues, I couldn't make it. However, Barkin recently spoke at the top of Virginia Regional Chamber's Economic Summit at Shenandoah University, where he gave this answer to a question about whether we're in a recession or not. Now, it's about a nearly three-minute long answer, but I think business owners, investors, and anyone who's wondering where things stand right now will find it informative. Growth is definitely slowing. One of the complicating factors is that, and that's what I was trying to get to on this topic of normalization, is slowing off of what base, right? Um, is the right housing price where it is today? And with the right, you know, or is the right furniture sales what it was in the middle of COVID? Is the right golf equipment sales what it was in the middle of COVID? Or is it some other uh, base? But it's definitely slowing. But we're still in a place where we're adding jobs in the most recent report at three times <clears throat> the level of workforce growth, right? We're adding uh, consumer spending is still in real terms the last couple months around 4%. Right. So what's happening right now is not, you know, a recession. It's slowing growth off a base. Whether we have one going forward, though, I think is a very open question. And I would remind you that most recessions are caused by outside events. You know, we talked about the uh, financial stability issues in 2008, you know, in the housing market. 9-11 was obviously relevant in 2001. The SNL crisis was very relevant in 93. The Arab oil embargo in 1973. So outside events are a big deal. If anyone tells you they can predict a recession, then you go, well, how in the world are you predicting outside events, right? It also could happen, though, because the Fed's efforts to bring inflation under control mean you have to quiet down the economy uh, somewhat. And we'll see about that. I think the answer to whether Fed efforts are going to be uh, implicated in that is highly related to how malleable do you think inflation is going to be to supply chains healing and to commodity prices coming down and to labor markets normalizing and the like. And I think that is a question we're trying to figure out. 
Um, when I'm talking to uh, firms and talking to consumers, um, what I hear is everybody's talking about the question of a recession. Um, most people have opened up page one of the recession playbook for a company that is uh, discretionary spend or maybe a hiring freeze. Advertising is being cut. I think that's relevant to what's happening with some of the tech companies. Um, but I don't hear anybody turning to page four, right? Layoffs at scale. Yeah. And I think part of the reason for that is demand's still pretty good. You know, why would I go to page four if demand's still pretty good? Part of that is because I just worked like a dog for the last 24 months to get my compliment back or in the hospital business, not quite back to where it was. You know, where, why would I lay people off now if I don't have to? Am I going to be able to get them on the other side of it? So I think there's some caution in people's minds about turning the pages of the playbook. But, you know, if something happens from outside, if uh, everyone starts to move at once, you know how it is. People will, will turn it. So I don't think we're in one now, but I can't tell you we're not going to. I mean, we'll see. Inflation creates uncertainty, which we're all experiencing right now. Not to mention inflation biting into your wages or any wage growth that we've seen. Barkin mentioned how folks are ready to get back to normal after two and a half years of uncertainty from the pandemic, supply chain issues, stimulus packages, and a tight labor market. But what is normal now that interest rates are up to cool inflation and they're affecting other parts of our economy? It's hard to define what normal is, and it's not great for everyone as it could lead to some layoffs and expose some market vulnerabilities. Here's Barkin. And finally, and maybe most proximately, getting to normal may well lead to a downturn. The Fed is taking strong action to combat inflation. We've increased the Fed funds rate to just under 4%. We've started reducing our balance sheet, and we've signaled that more rate increases are on the horizon. But the tools we use to quiet demand and return inflation to our 2% target operate with a lag, and have been challenged by the artificial elements of today's environment. Excess savings have sustained consumer spending. The tightness of the labor market has made employers reluctant to cut back. Commodity price pressure remains from the war in Ukraine. Housing and auto shortages have kept pricing high. As a result, bringing supply and demand back into alignment may require still more from us, and that creates risk to the broader economy. But the one place you shouldn't worry about getting back to normal is inflation. Now, getting back closer to normal is going to help the Fed fight inflation with demand, supply, commodity, and wage pressure easing. The economy should get into better balance in the months to come. But I expect that process to be a lengthy one as these artificial pressures take time to settle and geopolitical risks continue, most notably recently OPEC's decision uh, to further cut oil production. This slower turn to normal levels of inflation could threaten the stability of inflation expectations. And if there's one thing we learned in the 70s is that the Fed cannot let inflation fester and expectations rise. If we back off for fear of a downturn, inflation comes back even stronger and requires even more restraint. That was Richmond Federal Reserve President and CEO Tom Barkin there talking in Virginia earlier this month. Moderna announced on Monday that its bivalent Omicron-targeting booster candidates trigger a superior antibody response compared to a booster dose of mRNA-1273. That's the company's prototype vaccine against Omicron. When we're talking about those BA.4, BA.5 sublineages. 
The company also said our bivalent boosters also show in research neutralizing activity against BQ.1.1, which is an increasingly dominant emerging variant, confirming that updated vaccines have the potential to offer protection as the virus continues to evolve rapidly to escape our immunity. Now, this is encouraging news since the booster was updated in September to match the BA.4, BA.5 Omicron versions. The company said people who received the booster had 15 times higher levels of antibodies in their system compared to those who did not receive the booster. Pfizer-BioNTech also published similar findings this month. But less than 9% of the U.S. population has gotten the booster shot. I got mine two weeks ago when I got my flu shot. Boom, boom, done. No problems. Antibodies. Now, the research from both companies has not been peer-reviewed or published yet. And this comes as Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security reports that the BA.5 sublineage is quickly losing dominance in the U.S., accounting for 39% of sequenced specimens. The Omicron sublineages BQ.1.1 and BQ.1 are exhibiting growth advantages over other sublineages. Meanwhile, several other Omicron sublineages continue to exhibit increasing or steady trends. So a lot of fighting out there for dominance among these sublineages of COVID. Okay, folks, we are going to zoom out bigly from the microscopic level to the world. Whoa! The United Nations said on Tuesday, November 15th, that the world's population is projected to reach 8 billion people. Billion. 8 billion. A milestone in human development. This unprecedented growth is due to the gradual increase in human lifespan owing to improvements in public health, nutrition, personal hygiene, and medicine. Sounds like washing your hands there, folks. It is also the result of high and persistent levels of fertility in some countries. While it took the global population 12 years to grow from 7 to 8 billion, it will take approximately 15 years, or until 2037, for the population to reach 9 billion, a sign that the overall growth rate of the global population is slowing. Half the world's population still lives in just seven countries, including China, India, the United States, Indonesia, Pakistan, Nigeria, and Brazil. And India's population could surpass China's any day now. The United States is home to 338.3 million people, nearly 5.2 million of which live here in the Palmetto State. But for some global perspective, China has a population of 1.43 billion, and India is right behind it at 1.42 billion. <laughs> That's uh, just a few South Carolinas right there. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're talking about life during the pandemic, and we want to hear your stories as well. Like we're talking about global population reaching 8 billion. How does that make you feel? I can't, I can't, I personally can't stop talking about it. Can't even grasp it. I mean, 8 billion, okay? I go from here to Greenville, and I'm like, oh my gosh, all these people. That's got to be a billion. That's a, an easy billion right there. <laughs> That's an easy bill. Oh, just so much to think about. But let's talk about you. Mm -hmm. And the way we can do that is for you to call us at 803-563-7169. We have made it past the midterms. It's fall, y'all. The days are getting shorter and darker and colder. So just short, like so my dark. Soul. Oh, Gavin's soul is, I mean, it's pitch Crushed. black at this point. Yeah. But we got Thanksgiving coming up. We got Christmas around the corner. Everyone's favorite holiday. No, not Christmas. We're July talking, 4th. We're talking Thanksgiving, baby. Mm, I do Turkey Thanksgiving. day. The worst mm. bird you could eat. Mm. Tell us about your favorite bird. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not the turkey. Jojo. It's no one. 
R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. in peace. The dodo. <laughs> anyway, call. Uh, yes, Gavin. Give him the number one more time. Yeah, three, five, six, seven, six, oh, very good job. Uh, so we <laughs> Has got someone call. called that number? We have someone who called that number, okay? Uh, <laughs> someone called that exact this number. This is a classic caller, classic listener. We classic. love him. We love him around here. He's got his own name, and he earned it, okay? So are you ready? Yes. Okay, I'm glad. <laughs> yes. Hey, Gavin, AT, correspondent Kevin. Been a while, just checking in, been busy. It's post-Halloween fall, y'all. Halloween was pretty exciting. I had the honor of not once, not twice, but three times dressing up as a dinosaur. Uh, One for my daughter's little class and then a trunk-or-treat event, pretty much the highlight of this year. Just doing the fall thing, waiting for turkey season now. We voted, both my wife and I voted early. Vote early and often, I guess that's what you're supposed to do, I think. I'm not sure. Um, but other than that, we're going to keep counting down till Turkey Days and Christmas. We're enjoying the South of Spooky podcast and all the election stuff that y'all have been covering. So uh, stay safe, be good, talk to y'all later. Correspondent Kevin, thank you for calling. Love getting a dispatch from you. Three times as a dinosaur. Didn't say which kind of dinosaur. I'm going to assume T-Rex. I'm going to go with Archaeopteryx, okay? Of course. Uh, uh, naturally, as I do. I'm more of a Stegosaurus kind of person. I love Spikes. a Stegosaurus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Ever since Jurassic Park, it endeared me to it. I, I mean, Velociraptor, I oh, think. Oh, we all learned to love the Velociraptor. He's the winner of Jurassic Park, right? When the he's big claw and opening the doors. Yeah, they're smart, okay? Uh, it was the kitchen scene, iconic, with the Jello. <laughs> um, yeah, so Kevin. Yeah, spoiler, sorry guys. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, Kevin, love that you dressed up three times. I didn't dress up mm-hmm. one time. I mean, I dressed up as a. Uh, I, I guess I kind of was a cyborg because I had a, sure. I had a rolly wagon thing that I that I, every day. Yeah, it was bad. Shell of yourself. I still haven't taken it off. Uh, what else? Voting early and often. Oh, I think yeah. we voted a couple times. We all tell everyone <laughs> vote as many times as you can. And I get mad and they say you can only vote once. I say, but that's not right. I bet by law. We have to say we that we, get are, vote we are joking right yeah, now. No, yeah, we, we definitely are joking. <laughs> our elections are safe and secure. You get uh, one vote, one person, one vote. I'm sure However. producer Sean is very happy. This is satire parody in parentheses. Yeah, okay? If this was on Twitter, we'd be, we probably wouldn't have a count anymore. Parody. 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 We love Elon Musk. But thank parody. you, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Uh, he mentioned South of Spooky, AT. We made it through our initial season of South of Spooky, our six-episode run. Oh, oh, what a lift. What a lift. was years in the making, dare I we get, say. I get that in three weeks we do six episodes of this show. But uh, those six episodes, <laughs> they they took two years. Yeah, yes. It was a lot to do. It was a big lift. I'm glad we're done. We had to learn our process. Yes. And sometimes that means <laughs> deadline pressure. <laughs> yeah. Mid-election season. Gavin was talking to me. Oh, how smart was it that the last episode came out on election week? I was not so thrilled Uh, but uh, I just, you know, I put my my smiling face on and I say, we're going to do this and we did it. I I, to Gavin was like, okay, we got to work on next year's season. I was like, well, we need two years because we need to (laughs) solid procrastination. We need one year to procrastinate. (laughs) 
<laughs> another year to to do two years of work in one. So, Specifically within three months. But yes. yeah, no, we're going to, uh, we'll bring you back another season of South of Spooky again. Give us some, uh, some tips, some places that you'd love for us to check out, mm-hmm. some spooky, locales. haunting locales. Yes. We'd love to know. Um, we have some ideas, but always up for some more. Yes. And uh, any stories you want to share, we would possibly even talk to you for the podcast. So uh, we will be in development, production, full speed ahead. Even please, 2024 please help up. us. Please yeah. help us. This is, this is like asking for calls in the hopper times 1 million. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah, we just want to make sure we get a nice little accurate yes. portrayal of the South. And the anyway, spookiness. Gavin, on Friday, because we Friday. finished on Thursday, we went out to the to Craft and Draft, got yes. a beer. Yes. And uh, when we were talking there, something, uh, it was really a spinoff of you talking about how you don't do blu-rays in my mind at least you know blu-ray dvds Blue, yes. you like you'll do a dvd 100 percent. you'll do a dvd you will not do blu-ray i'm not so. paying extra for a blu-ray and so this really spun out of that and i just wanted to see what the listeners thought i mean i'm known for prompting uh insightful hard-hitting conversation exactly and so especially when it comes to pop culture at first i thought you were crazy because a blu-ray i mean so crisp so clear Ugh, you know God, but that live action look i thought you might have been onto something so at, after SOS, after finishing South the Spooky, I needed some me time. So I stayed in on Thursday night, mm. and I ended up watching The Mummy. Great Classic. Brendan Fraser vehicle. Uh, and it really got me thinking, because I was like, man, this kind of holds up. The CGI isn't as good as it used to be, mm-hmm. but like for this, it works great. Yeah. And so with Twitter dying <laughs> and all this happening, all this tumult in the future, uh, I'm like... Maybe Twitter should die. Maybe no. maybe we should go back in time. Maybe the Matrix had it right, Gavin. Oh. Maybe the peak of humanity was in 1999. I could see it. You I know? believe it. I've been I've been proselytizing that for a long time. I now. think you're right, and I think that we should go back to VHS oh. CD times. Uh. I think that's the. Uh, remember we, how good those days. No, were? can we? No, not that part. I don't want to rewind or change. Well, you got to rewind. Disc man. Oh, I love. You know, do you know how expensive a VHS player is these days? VHS player, VCR. I have one. Yeah, they're like hundreds of dollars to get one new. Well, yeah, mine is new. And in the you box. also never experienced a VHS tape getting jammed in yours. You I said. never. Your heads had were that. always so clean yes. and clear. I never got a, an unspooled tape or anything like that. But I, you didn't like CD times. You know what? CD times were fine, but when we got the MP3, I was like, oh, you know where this I think, is where I'm you going. You know where I think the cutoff is? Napster. Yeah, MP3s. No Give me Napster. MP3s, no, please. No Napster. Uh, no Napster. While it was convenient, that was the start of audio quality death. Oh, God. Yeah, all of these audiophiles with CD-ROMs and the skipping. Yes, that oh. was so good. Uh, well, I, I personally had anti-skip technology. Of course you did, but I'm <laughs> talking about going to the gym with my AirPods and being able to pick any song that I, I want to hear from anywhere on uh, Amazon Music. I, I, get it, I get it. We're giving that up. That We have I'm to not, make sacrifices. I'm not giving that up. To, to be happy again. to give that up. Do you remember how happy those days were? The I, halcyon days of yore. Halcyon days. I remember having a... An MP3 player before the air before the iPod came out. This is yeah. we're talking like early 2000s. I was in high school running cross country. I couldn't stand listening to my teammates talk while running. Mm-hmm. I didn't run for the fun of it. I was doing it just to maintain my figure, which I still to this day maintain. Yeah, you're tight, tight physique. And what I was doing, they're all talking. I'm like, if you're talking, you're not running hard enough. In my opinion. I also just don't want to talk about nonsense. <laughs> 
But this was before the MP3 port. However, that year, I think they started to come out because I got like a D-Link. I don't even know if D-Link is a brand anymore, but oh, it was an initial, that. like one of the first MP3 players. Yeah, you know, we had you Napster, could... you had LimeWire, you had all your bootleg music that you could put on there. Bizarre. And it was the best thing to be able to run and listen to music like that. All I'm saying is I can't go back to that time. You're also, <laughs> you're also, you are a, a Kindle user and yes, stuff too. Yes, I've come around. And I, I am not. I like, I like having the prize. I like having the book. I like having the CD. I don't like carrying it. I still buy CDs. I still buy them. Vinyl's growing faster than, than anything else I right now. vinyl, but then... Uh, the, uh, the having to flip it over, I'm like, oh, this is all fun and well for like the the novelty <laughs> of it. But then you got to go and turn it around. That, and that is annoying. That is annoying. Whereas but, you could be sitting with your Bluetooth speaker on your phone, picking songs. Yeah. Never having to. I mean, it's just. I don't know if it will surprise you or any listener to know that I was the kid that walked around with the 48 CD case yeah. in my backpack. That doesn't surprise me. Not We're in your living all. room with your record player and all your albums. Yes, which uh, is fine. So it, it, it let us know what kind of person you were back in back in the 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 height of humanity. <laughs> the back 90s. when there were only six think, million people. <laughs> I think what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, the height of humanity is just the overall vibe at that time versus the technology. I loved the technology. And I just I watched The it. Fifth Element the other night. Also a great movie. Great movie. But I, I would probably have preferred to watch that on Blu-ray. I'll give you that. The, the DVD was just not. The Blu-ray, the Ultra HD Blu-ray of Lord of the Rings looks amazing. Anyway, mm. have a great week. Let us know what kind of person you were. Did you care? How many CDs How did many you c- carry on around? On your person. <laughs> on your person <laughs> at a time How in 1997. How up were those compilation oh, CDs that you had? Oh, my God, yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> the I best made the playlist, best, but it's all I made the best <laughs> mixes, guys. Okay, let me know what your go-to mix CD was. What Spring was it Break, called? 1998, yes. oh, all the hits. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Did yes. you write all the songs out on the cover of the CD Absolutely too? not. <laughs> Absolutely not. A lot of girls do that. I always got those. Caitlin has some of those still downstairs. So anyway, let us know. Call in. Hit Thanks, the hopper. Yeah. We need it. Give us a shout like correspondent Kevin did. Give us some hot takes. We just gave you a lot of material. We got to get something from that. 803-563-7169. Thanks again for listening to the pod. You can also show us your appreciation by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Half the world's population still lives in just seven countries, including China, Indiana, 